potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. Look, I'm going to uh, shirt front, Mr. Smokey. Another episode of the award-winning Brass Monkey Pod, voted pod most likely to encourage you to think for your gosh darn self. Mr. Mark Reed, my co-hostess of the mostest, how are you, my friend? Soz, as always, despite everything that's going on, I'm fantastic. <laughs> hey, keeping it real, as always, that's what we like. Yeah. Good man, good man. Well, it's good to be back on um, the Brass Monkey Pod with you, mate. I know it's been a minute, but uh, obviously a lot going on, a lot to process, perhaps a lot to talk through today. What do you think? A lot to talk through. And, you know, it's been hard to even discuss a lot of the things that we're going to bring up today. And it triggers a lot of people. And I thought we probably should start off by saying, no matter what side of the fence you're on with this, we love you and we're, um, we sort of love everyone and uh, we don't, you know, we're happy if people believe in one side or the other. We're just uh, having a discussion about a few of these topics, aren't we, mate? Absolutely. And um, as I was saying to you pre-pod, it's sort of, for me, um, and Brass Monkey Pod always did this for me. It was very cathartic and was a way for me and probably yourself to work through a lot of the the strange things going on in the world. So that's the spirit within which we will approach this episode also. Just want to talk through a few things, um, get each other's opinions. If you resonate with some of those opinions, then good on you. If you don't, then you're you're more than welcome to those opinions. Um, From my standpoint, um, yeah, I just feel like I wanted to just get stuck into talking about a perspective I feel that's sort of not as represented in society right now because it seems like everything's just so extreme. You're either extreme this way or you're extreme that way. Um, I feel like there's uh, a, almost a silent minority. I don't know if they're a minority or what, but um, that believes sort of neither extreme, that sort of lies more in the middle, like smart, educated people not necessarily feeling overwhelmingly uh, happy and safe about the decisions being made for society and for their bodies. So, yeah, I just, you know, we don't always have to be extreme this way or, or the other way. I sort of feel that I exist somewhere in the middle and and wanted to talk through that unrep- underrepresented viewpoint, I think. Wow, Sozwa, as usual, beautiful way with words describing a great uh, issue I have with the entire thing too is that there is a middle ground and, you know, you can have a vaccine, have the vaccine and still question the validity of it. You can um, be anti-vax and not have the vaccine and still think possibly it's worthwhile for some people. Um, and these are all of the topics that we're going to discuss. One of the things, and we won't go too deep into what we're going to talk on on the pod um, up front because this is a juicy one. Um, one of the things that you touched on a little bit before is both sides are educated. Assuming one side is not educated because they've got a different opinion of yours is fucking stupidity. And a massive part of the problem right now, yep. Yeah, that's the big part of the problem because 
I do, I do personally believe, and I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole already, but uh, I do feel like the pro-vaccine um, or the uh, pro-science, alleged science side of this is they are the educated side <laughs> Uh, because they're obviously waking up and watching the Today Show and news, reading news.com.au every morning. Yeah. Uh, and the other side is is the uneducated side. So the anti-vax is the uneducated side. But I, I put this to you the other day is most, most things have an agenda in life. If you break it down, you can find agendas. Now, pro-vaccine and pro-pharmaceutical um, you know, agenda is clear. Uh, yes, it could be health and safety, but there also is people that are going to profit out of the vaccine. There's no question out of that. Uh, there is definitely a sort of control mechanism that's in place with the vac- vaccine. So you can see that agenda from the pro-vaccine side. Now, from the anti-vax side, so say you do have a few people in the minority, I'm guessing it would be in your friend group, um, that are anti this vaccine you've got to ask yourself, like, what is their agenda other than health and safety and the well-being of their children and the family and those around them? Because that's what I'm struggling to work out. So if you've got this issue with the anti-vaccine agenda, if it's just you think you're smarter than them, well, you've got a real problem. Yeah, yeah, very well put. Um, That's a tough one to wrestle with, really. It is a very tough one to wrestle with. Yeah. It's one I actually uh, brought up to my own mother at the dog park, having a heated discussion about everything. And I said, do you think, you know, without putting a, putting a blanket on like what side of the fence I'm on, but do you think anti-vaxxers are, um, are stupid? Do you think that's what it is? Because I think that can be the only, only assumption from that side, I think. It's got to be. But then I break it down. Which is incredibly pious and weird. It's incredibly pious and weird. And some of the smarter people I know, and a lot of people on the other side are some of the dumbest people I know as well. So I'm saying there's smart people on both sides, okay? So... You, Definitely. Yeah, so you can't sit here. And we're going to touch on, we've got a, so in today's show, we've got, we're starting off with um, Rand Paul's sort of inquisition of Anthony Fauci going over yep. where the Wuhan, uh, whether the Wuhan lab leak was actually a thing, um, whether it was a result of gain-of-function research or was it, you know, the bat soup freaking wet market thing we were all sold uh, a while ago. You might remember when we were doing pods when this first happened, we couldn't even discuss an alter- uh, alternate theory with this without mm. uh, getting completely censored and, and blackballed. So we're going to start off with that. And then uh, we've got an Australian doctor who's discussing the, the hurdles and, and, and issues they're facing with uh, basically trying to adhere to the medical board's instructions, but also their own uh, educated opinion on how this vaccine should be rolled out. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. And then we're going to end it, end it with um, what was the old segment we had, Sozwa, that Elon Musk won a few times and because John Howard's getting it. Oh, oh yeah, it was like something of the week or... Yeah. Shit. Shit. We'll, we'll, we'll remember it by then, but we're ending it with a, a great clip of uh, John Howard just digging his feet in with the Afghan war, which you, you would... 
you wouldn't expect any different from a guy who's supported convicted pedophiles and uh, other complete atrocities in this country. That's exactly right. Well, um, with that in mind, how about we jump into the first clip and get moving, eh? Yo. Let's do it. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That you is would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan do Virology Institute. support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. 
Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research. I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 uh, mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said, nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute but of Virology. You do support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're, you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain-of-function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, no matter you're how parsing many times words, you're parsing you say words. it, there it was didn't research, happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick, you can't deny it. Senator Paul, your time, time has expired. Dr. Fauci, I will let you respond to that. We need to move on. Excuse me? You're, I will allow you to respond to that, and then we'll move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to say, we, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Thank you. All right, Sozwa, what a bombshell. And I mean... Senators like Rand Paul and just, uh, you know, politicians and just people in Congress, a Congress and people in power in Australia, they've been in the fucking minority, mate. They haven't, we haven't heard much from the other side. It's clear people are scared to voice their opinions from the other side of this whole thing. Now, 
for me, this has been a back and forth going on for a long time. Where does this where does this virus come from? Because we were so clear, it just came out that it was a wet market virus, despite there being a Wuhan... Um, and it was framed as blaming the culture of China, basically. 100%. And if it comes down to that it was a US-funded virus uh, lab, a US-funded lab in Wuhan that was testing on coronaviruses, doing gain-of-function research... Um, for me, this is something that is absolutely huge. And I mean, by nature, I guess we all want to point the finger and we want to try and find who's to blame. And that's not so much it. It's just the fact that if the US are responsible for another fucking global atrocity, uh, I'm going to really, it's going to really, it should be It's going to really more. piss me off. <laughs> yeah, it should be popping more. I mean, for you, the difference between it coming from bats, you know, a bat soup in Wuhan and coming from a potential lab, which they were doing this gain-of-function research, which was actually outlawed in the US because of the risks um, to society. They believed that... Uh, I'm just going to bring up... A- Isn't it like it's illegal either way what they were doing? Like if they were producing it to be a weapon that's you obviously can't do that and if they're doing it to be a vaccine they handled it incorrectly or i can't remember so yeah so essentially gain of function research is a medical research that genetically alters an organism in a way that may enhance the biological functions of gene reproduct gene products this may include an altered altered pathogenesis transmissibility or host range the types the types of hosts that a microorganism can infect. So it's basically a way of um, uh, genetically mutating genes and things like that for research and whatever else. You can jump on Wikipedia or wherever else to look into gain of function. But in a nutshell, uh, it was there was such a concern that if, an, if something went wrong with this gain of function research, Obama actually stopped supporting it in, I believe they stopped doing it between 2015 and 2017. Probably needed the money for the drones. Yeah, sorry. They needed, yeah, Obama needed all the money. Uh, So 2014 to 2017, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy um, and the department put a uh, moratorium on gain-of-function research and funded and paused funding. Uh, and so this is basically where the funding during this period and after this period went overseas. So, yeah, they, they said, um, yeah, we're not going to do it in the US so much. We're going to start doing it overseas and funding labs like the Wuhan viral, yeah. virology, which uh, Anthony Fauci has a direct relationship with. So this to me is a complete bombshell if 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 this is uh, you know somehow funded by the U.S. government, which Rand Paul's um, insinuating and basically asking Fauci if he's you know lied directly about it, this is huge. Well, don't we know? Or and this is don't we already know Fauci's lied about this to some extent? Um, whether it's the mask original mask mandate or where he said that masks didn't work in this instant as a mechanism to protect those suppliers for the frontline workers in hospitals and whatnot, which which directly led to deaths. So, yeah, I mean, 
this guy is not trustworthy. And this is a weird thing, right? And this probably speaks to a bigger, the bigger argument going on here. I mean, I look at that and I'm, red flags are going off everywhere for me. Um, when I hear something like that and when I hear about him having already re- lied, whether it's in the public interest, in his opinion or not, for me that uh, doesn't start it out well as far as the trusting relationship between um, the population and our rulers. Do you know what I mean? So, But a- another person will look at that and go, oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's a, a good microcosm of the two ways people are thinking right now. Like, the distrust is a massive issue for me. And when they're doing it in real time and getting caught, and there's a massive pro- uh, proportion of the population who doesn't care about that, I can't really fathom that. I'm like, well, if he's lied about this, don't you think he's, there's a chance he's lying about a lot of other things, you know? Exactly. So the numbers are not real, obviously, and they're not accurate. It's already been proven and discussed that how they report on the numbers are completely obscured. So we are trusting them with everything here. We're trusting the government and people like Dr. Anthony and Big Pharma with our whole lives, with this whole setup. And if you're not asking a question from the very start, and this is sort of what we wanted to do with this pod is like, just go back to the basics of the start. Like, where did this come from? Okay, they've lied about that. You could say, oh, they got it wrong. Well, there's a a Wuhan coronavirus fucking research lab right near the bloody bat wet market if they couldn't work that shit out and you had reporters like whitney webb and all of these journalists writing articles on this back in the day and getting banned off twitter youtube facebook everything so that is a controlled and manipulated censorship of the truth from day one okay so that's just where this fucking thing came There's from. A, for the listeners should look up a great bit by um, John Stewart on the Colbert show. He, he articulates it quite well with humour. He does. And, you know, Colbert's a sick fuck, obviously mm-hmm. related, you know, a lot of relationships with Epstein. And um, I'm shocked that um, John Stewart's even mates with him. But that is a great, a great... Um, a great piece because he just says it as... He says it as we all should be... Sort of From a logical, rational point of view. Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, and how it took this long for the censorship to stop so that we can finally ask the question is the issue. But this is exactly what they did with September 11. There was questions immediately at se- when, when September 11 happened. People had a lot of concerns and, and queries about it, but they fucking censored the living shit out of it so you can't get to the truth. So. Yeah. Then they prolong the truth coming out. And by the time the truth comes out, the world's changed and it's passed us by and we're all wearing masks and we've got vaccine passports and we've all been vaccinated. So, so yeah, Yeah. it's it's concerning. To say the least. Um, Yeah, it's that, yeah. I mean, let's talk about, Let's talk about censorship of, of the information even currently out there right now. I mean, you and I obviously send each other a lot of stuff, a lot of information that um, we've had to 
dig for because it's been completely more or less scrubbed from all the normal channels um, on the internet, whether it's YouTube, Google, whatever. Um, this information is out there. It's just been completely suppressed. And so, I mean, where that really gets me is, I mean, we've all got friends online that are, um, you know, we love our friends. They're smart friends of ours that are citing the science, right? They're like, no, just look at this science. And apart from the fact that you know your mate's not a scientist, and neither are we, so this is sort of what I'm getting at. We know they've pulled something straight off the CDC or straight off. Exactly. And when they're going, nah, I've looked at the BBC website, they're missing the point. They're missing the point. Um, They're not talking like, I often wonder who are they talking to? Are they trying to convince people like, that are on the other side that that don't that aren't fully on board with the this the prescribed narrative right now then they're going about it the wrong way because they're like just look at the science you just have to do that they're they're missing the point that we don't trust that science because the other side has been completely suppressed so if there were i mean for instance if there was a a great debate by two respected scientists on either side Talk to me. That, that, that's something I'd be very interested in. But the fact that one side is, is being completely suppressed, again, red flag. I'm, I'm not trusting this. The robustness of the argument should always win. You shouldn't have to suppress one side. And that's just a general rule to avoid fascism, basically. So the fact that um, when these people are out there going, you just have to listen to the scientists, blah, blah, blah. They're only citing scientists that they're able to access. There's a whole nother side to this that they either don't know or are willfully ignorantly ignoring. I'm not sure. Love it. And to be honest, exactly right. And that's the biggest concern. And what else is extremely concerning is how far the censorship goes, dude. We're about to get to a clip in a little bit of a doctor Australian doctor who's basically explaining and I I don't know why I assumed that it's that it'd be different unfortunately being a doctor is like being a financial planner or another profession where you may have a passion for giving monetary advice or you may have a passion for um, helping out the sick but you have a governing body who dictates what advice and what information you can give, mm. which is fucking heavy. If that governing body is towing a line one side completely, that doesn't even let you entertain an alternative approach, especially with something so massive like this. But the censorship goes that far in the medical industry for doctors. It's fucking, it's very concerning. It's extremely concerning. Because, Absolutely. And because people are going to their doctor to get informed consent regarding this vaccine. And I'm, I don't, I, I'd like to think a lot of the medical industry are concerned. I'd like to think they are like this doctor who we've got this clip from. And I'd like to think that they do feel a similar sort of pressure so, should we throw to this clip? Yeah, yeah, let's get stuck into it. This is a good one. Um, here we go. You keep saying that, right? Yes. Which means you want to stop the lockdowns. Are you of the same opinion? I don't think I can answer that question. Whether you want the lockdowns to stop or not? Yeah. Why not? 
um, I have an opinion, but I actually can't really express them freely. I think maybe had you asked me that, you know, in another time, another place, um, I would have loved to have had a discussion here. Is this um, an APRA issue, your regulator? Yep. Well, they don't want you talking about lockdowns? Well, uh, they, they have a position statement and, um, and I carry it with me wherever I go because it's something that I need to do in my practice and um, or need to, to use in my practice. And, um, and the position statement is, can I read it to you? Yeah. Okay. Because all, all I'm asking is whether you he's saying end the lockdowns. Then I turn to you and say, Doctor, what do you think of these lockdowns? And you say, I can't speak. Well, I suppose the logical conclusion... So, you know, I spoke about um, the the kids' helpline data yeah. and that, um, you know, it's in line with time in lockdown. So I suppose the logical uh, argument from that is, is, well, you know, end lockdowns. Yeah. Um, to fit, to, but but to, you can't say that. But I can't say that. Because why? Well, if you take that a step further, um, it, you know, I, it, it becomes, uh, I, I can't really talk about that without uh, talking about a whole host of other um, issues with lockdown, including um, injections, mask wearing, social distancing, mandates. And I'll read to you uh, what the uh, position statement is. From who, APRA? The APRA. Okay. Okay, so national boards expect all health pr practitioners to use their professional judgment and the best available evidence in practice. This includes when providing information to the public and public health issues such as COVID-19 vaccination. When advocating for community and population health, health practitioners must also use their expertise and influence to protect and advance the health and well-being of individuals, as well as the communities and broader populations. Any promotion of anti-vaccination statements or health advice which contradicts the best available scientific evidence or seeks to actively undermine the national immunisation campaign, including via social media, is not supported by national boards and may be in breach of the codes of conduct and subject to investigation and possible regulatory action. So you can't say, in the middle of that statement there, you can't say anything that goes against the the um, prescribed health advice from... For COVID-19 and vaccination. Yeah, but that, that line, that health advice is coming from a political... It's coming from a government. It's not coming... That's, that's correct. So... APRA is submitting itself to the line from where Liberal, Labor, Gladys, Dan Andrews. That's where I'm that's at. That's ridiculous. That's where I'm at. That's where we're all at. So it's all doctors can't really speak out against lockdowns. Yeah, well... You can. So I if mean, I were to ask you both, what shall we do from here? How do we fix this? You would say open the schools. I think immediately, yes, we need to open the schools, like get the kids back in school as soon as possible. And if I were to ask you, Dr. Bosak, what should we do? Are you even able to tell well, me? Well, let, let's, you know, for, for all, the, all the things that I can't speak about, my recommendation is that, uh, is that we have uh, open debate with the relevant uh, science, scientists and health professionals uh, involved. Um, who, who, I think the ones who probably uh, have got the most to say um, have already been censored, so they might be hard to find. Um, but because uh, at the moment it seems to be that uh, anyone who 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 speaks out um, against uh, 
against the, this this line of, of uh, policy is is shut down. So um, open debate. That's open debate is is what we need. Open discussion uh, from from many parties, many professionals, many scientists. Um, this is incredible to me that the cat's got your tongue and that cat is APRA. I, we, we can, once we turn the cameras off, can we have an open discussion or does that not even matter? Well, we're not in a therapeutic relationship, so... So we could. So we could, yeah. You just can't say to any of these patients so who come to you struggling, you can't. I, so I, I can't um, have, yeah, so I, I basically have to be in line with, with um, the government line, with the, uh, the national and local um, health policies. That's been dictated okay. to me. Okay, that was Dr. Caroline Bozak. I hope I'm not butchering her name too much. Trying to answer a question about her opinions on the vaccine and the current lockdowns in Australia. And to be honest, that clip scared the shit out of me, Soz. That's very disconcerting, isn't it? When you have a doctor that is that fearful to discuss her own opinion on basic stuff like vaccines. I want to hear the truth on how she feels about vaccines. I want to hear what she feels about, you know, I guess the lockdown, it's more political, but especially a vaccine. And, you know, since the Australian government is now proceeding with the complete fuckery of trying to get children to get this vaccine, um, I want to, I want to sort of get it, get more of a a cross section of an opinion on how she feels and, and what, you know, what are her concerns? I'd like to hear her concerns and then let's the debate it. Debate it with another doctor. Let's get to the bottom of it, you know? I was trying to think before, like... What was I thinking, like... I've lost my train of thought. Well, Sorry, you, you know what I, I, I worry about a little bit with these doctors is that the medical profession... and obviously they inject years into study, right? Like six, however many years, six, eight years or something. Eight plus for a vaccine normally, I think. No, no, I mean to become a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they put eight years or six to eight years into becoming a doctor. They become a doctor. They're trying to work and build up their, you know, um, build up their career and things like that. To risk going against that, and going against the grain of the medical board, the pharmaceutical companies, you, you've just got to put it in sort of dollars and cents a little bit. Like it's concerning for them. And I and I do get that. Like I can sympathize. I'm not saying I agree. It's the same with the police thing and the police, you know, getting kids to wear my writing out fines for fucking masks and all that. We all have a responsibility as a human, but I can get why doctors are hesitant and scared to talk if it means that they're their uh, whole career is going to get thrown down the toilet. I can, but doesn't that then go against their oath? Yeah, which is, I saw it the other day. I don't know. if It's something like the Hippocratic Oath in America. I don't know if we've got a similar thing here. I bloody hope we do, but... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So something like that. Um, I was just thinking, I, I remember what... Sorry, you go. Keep so going. you're right. So that's what I get to. But when you put consumerism into any profession, it changes it. And capitalism into any profession, it changes it, right? Where money's involved. And yeah. my big question to doctors who are listening, if we have any, fucking I'm guessing we don't, 
we obviously have a few mates that are doctors or whatever, which would hate to probably listen to the podcast. <laughs> but I love doctors. I'm not knocking doctors, but I'd like no. to know how much time they have because I'm guessing they don't have much time. I'm, I'm putting it out there because they are so busy seeing patients all day. How much time they have updating their qualifications each week? Yeah, because yeah. the Delta variant is obviously mutating. The information from this is is a moving, rolling thing. Are they spending a day, a week, learning about this, the changes to these diseases? I hear you. I hear you. Because I mean, I'm guessing they're not. Well, it's hard to comment. We just don't know. We'd have to reach out to one of those one of those friends of ours, but. Totally. So what? That's what I'm what I'm getting at. So if you put if you like put capitalism into any business, especially something where they're designed to be helping people, and these doctors have the best intentions, it turns it into a completely but different beast. They yeah. lose the opportunity to think freely about what they actually believe and what they um, possibly feel within them, because you just put. And ultimately, isn't that what we want from the doctor? That's what you go to the doctor for. Like if that's been compromised, then interesting tactic. Exactly. Exactly. You know? um, I, I remember what I was going to say before and it was let's play devil's advocate for a second and from, from perhaps the other point of view, why censorship in this situation might be good. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to get things like you've got to limit the spread of misinformation and disinformation and like that's the call which i'm just i I can't get behind that is it is that honestly what they're saying it is is it because what what would be the other good reason for censorship percent because they just they they frame the other side as just like loco 5g injecting oh, I know. weirdos i've heard that oh i got my vaccine and my 5g still works that's one of the funniest things all the conflation they're trying like you're so you know, stoked with new fucking cell phone tower like take take it out like take out the 5g hypocrisy like the um well, they're conflating the the middle where we're sort of identifying with with the crazy other side no, 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 no. I've got valid questions that need answering. But I look at just the basis of that, but the basics of that, what you're cool with new massive 5G towers going up everywhere in your fucking neighbourhood, like on top of buildings and everything. Like just so that you're making a joke out of something that's actually not even that funny. Like the conspiracy theory side of it, yeah, okay, we've talked about 5G causing COVID and I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't believe it or whatever else. I'll, I'll open to anything, but, you know, it seems like a far-fetched thing, but them making that joke so much makes me think that they just have no touch like they're so out of touch of the issues of just basic issues a hundred percent and i actually screenshotted one earlier today and this this sums up the the conflation and the ignorance from the so-called educated majority this is just a meme it reads so You've been eating hot dogs, chicken nuggets, and processed meat all your life, but you won't get the shot because you don't know what's in it. This one, that's the same. You know, and shit like that. They have the hipsters going out and having nose beers on the weekend, but they won't get the... um. Exactly. What, you've had a bump of ketamine and you yes. won't get the shot? Exactly. And like that is... That, that comes down to... Such that. ignorant and dumb but way it, of thinking. It also, but. It, man, you're right. And it also comes down to the one... The only thing that they've got, when I say they, I mean, 
you know... If it's not apparent now, we're a little sceptical of the official narrative. Yeah, a little bit. Um, the only thing they've got is the you're stupid thing. Yeah. Like... And drilling that into you like a bully almost. And it's just like, do you know who you're talking? Like, I don't mean to be rude, but the people that are coming at me with this yeah, are yeah, not... Yeah. Like, what have you got? Do you think... You know, you've spent more time looking at this shit from than me. Like, I, I, I just think. But because they feel emboldened because they're part of the majority right now. Exactly. And a lot of them yeah. will flip flop. I mean, we're talking a lot about a lot of people having a big presence online pushing this vaccine. Um, and that's the other thing. Like, why do you feel like people want to hear that you've been vaccinated? Yeah. Um, I just think it's that's very like strange, a eh? really weird thing for you to like. Good on you, like go do it. And I've got yeah, yeah. no All issue. For... A lot of people in my family. I think like... it's worth stating right now for anyone that wants to get the vaccine. We, I'm, I personally think you should be able to get the vaccine. This is a whole other issue about the um, ineptness of government and whatnot, but which we'll get to. But yeah, if you want to get the vaccine, go for it. Yeah, 100%. certainly not discouraging that. Not discouraging it at all. And uh, I completely um, appreciate the situation that mainstream media, you know, and when you say mainstream media, it makes makes you sound like a conspiracy theorist as well, but I just think media in general have put fear into the the lives of the elderly um, and the vulnerable to go and get this fucking experimental vaccine. And then it's hard for people in families to go against their elders and stuff. So they're like, they just fall in line. Totally. And is it possible for these educated um, pro-vaccine people to realise that there's something more than us just being fearful of the vaccine and it's more of our human rights issue that we as a human, as a as alleged de- democratic society, have the right of choice, whether it be over certain things we do with our body um, from uh, pro-abortion, if you're pro-abortion, we, we still have the right to choose what we do with our body. We don't mm. need you or anyone else telling us what we can and can't do with our body. And it's an extremely slippery slope um, of these businesses making vaccines mandatory because uh, I think, but I mean, we're in the minority really here, so I was, which is which is scary. But I was going to say, you know, there's liabilities if something happens. But as we know with vaccines, there's no liabilities. The government waives a lot of those things. Yeah, they so they got that in a neat little bow before they rolled it out, didn't they? Yeah. So it gives, and if people don't know what we're talking about, you're talking about the um how they covered themselves legally. Is that right? Yeah, legally, basically removing liabilities that you can't pursue vaccines for damages and things like that. Yeah. But there's been ways around it. I mean, if I hear that, I'm like. Stop the fucking, stop everything. Exactly. I'm not getting it then. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I I would feel like that. Totally. If, you, if, if you're removing those things that are in place for my benefit and for my health and for me to feel comfortable about this crazy, wacky thing you're trying to do to me, I mean, if you remove that and you expect me to still, like, be on board, yeah, you're tripping. You're totally tripping. And, you know, let's also just nip this in the bud while we're um, while we're discussing it, I guess. Um, for those that say that there's no, um, you know, there's no evidence or you're still under this weird 
impression that there's no evidence um, that vaccines have caused damage or whatever else. You need to just basically do some do a, little, a little bit of reading. You can look at the vaccines in India, which cause huge amounts of death. Jump on the high wire with Del Victory. I didn't used to like him because he had um, Dershowitz on and I thought, but I think he's actually seen the light. He spent his whole, you know, a very long time going into vaccine-related um, injuries. And there's also a... Um, a parent who has written a book, uh, several books called Wayne Road, W-A-N-E-R-O-H-D-E, about vaccine injury and the dark truth of the vaccine court system. Now, that's Wayne Road. Mm -hmm. Listen to this guy talk. Um, I mean, there is a long history of vaccine uh, injuries and, you know, that... And that could just be one of the reasons why you might not want to get it. And you know what? I respect those people that are choosing not to get it because they're worried about the the injuries. But then I also somewhat, I mean, for me, Soz, yes, the injuries are one thing and I shouldn't, it sounds weird saying this, but human rights and my right to fucking choose what I do is even bigger. Yeah. How about for you, like... When you look at the science and the, you know, all the the stuff they're talking about, there's blood issues from the um, blood clotting. There's actually, um, because, you know, there's issues they're saying with the the vaccine and how it's mending with people's bloods and they're taking blood swabs after it and they're saying that it's causing huge issues and we're not going to see these impacts from this for like a year or a year and a half. But in a year and a year and a half's time, we're going to see really bad issues, allegedly. But what, what? But from the human rights to that, where do you sit? Like, like what's your key issue with what's going on? Yeah, just, like with you making with how it, they're trying to roll this out, or yeah, with you making a decision going forward, or you, um, you know, so for me, if I had to make a choice to get a vaccine, right, and I was weighing up all, and I had a bloody SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've mapped, talk that marketing horny talk baby yeah i've mapped it out on a, on a whiteboard for me it'd be just human rights like there's my main um reason why it's it's i'm not gonna get it because i feel like my human rights as an individual to choose what i do are being trampled on mostly rather than the potential damages and and injuries yeah yeah, yeah. which i'm sure my- there are some and all of that it's a human rights thing. My right to make an informed decision, which I guess is human rights, is most important to me. So, like, I don't feel I'm getting all the information right now and thus I won't be making a decision until I feel like I have, um, which definitely certainly speaks to human rights, I guess. I mean, that's another weird thing, just how easily... People don't realise how easily they're giving those sorts of things up in these moments. It just it's not dawning on them and Um, it's not dawning on them and they're not thinking about the other side at all and what about people that aren't as say you're a you know okay say you're a musician okay and you're staunchly anti-vax right mm -hmm. religiously maybe or for whatever reason it's completely against your your lifestyle Mm -hmm. um this proposed government changes and these forces, these this 
mandatory like vaccine. vaccine passport stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and certain jobs like SPC making all of their fucking workers to get it. Yeah. Um, never eat a peach again. Yeah, yep. I'll never be eating. I actually eat a lot of beans. <laughs> Ve- SPC beans, yeah. Vegan <laughs> lifestyle. you got to eat your beans. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm not eating SPC ones ever again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, but, but do people think about like, these people might have to make a choice out of something they love and having to get a job, which is a horrible position to be putting people in uh, or people that love their job, like say they're teachers or yeah. nurses. What about nurses or, you know, these amazing nurses around the country that, hey, no, I don't want to get this vaccine because it's against my human rights or whatever or they're scared yeah. of the... These people have got no sense of the other side and it's yeah. really heartbreaking to see. Yep, I agree. Um, I was thinking about just then, like even it's kind of like, okay, I want to try frame it a different way even now. Like the whole thing, vaccine or not, whether that's a good thing or not to fight this thing, what I want to know more about is people's alternative theories on how this is being rolled out as well. So like, I mean, we should include this link um, to that video with Sonia Elijah and Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA or one of the inventors of mRNA where one of the big takeaways I got from that um, other than some grave concerns about the legality of how Pfizer did the process of um, approving their vaccine and whatnot was just the general strange and weird plan to roll it out to everyone rather than the affected percentage of the uh, population. And he spoke about something, I can't remember the term, but it's like a term that describes the benefit versus the adverse effects of any plan and so the adverse effects of rolling it out to everyone kids included as opposed to the affected demographic which would either be elderly or already sick people that in itself is just out of this world bizarre and makes no sense actually from a scientific standpoint so that's like that takes the conversation to another place it's not even about the vaccine then it's about the plan of how they're rolling it out to everyone that does not make sense in the eyes of very reputable scientists. Totally, mate. And they're doing their best to make it seem like people under 50 are, you know, getting this. About to die tomorrow. Yeah, are dying from this continually. Just read the fucking information, people. Like, just don't don't skim over the headline. Read the actual information of whether these people did have underlying causes. And these COVID tests, people getting test positive doesn't actually mean they do have COVID. There's false positives. The PCR test, I mean, we don't need to educate everyone on that PCR test and the flaws of it. It's basically like such a, it's, there's so many issues with it that, you know, it's finding COVID where it shouldn't. If you if you continue all this rampant testing, we're going to continue to find something. It's like if you're looking, like if you search enough, you'll find anything, all right? Mm. That is what's happening. And I just think 
Yeah, I, I'm completely, completely fucked with it all. Unless we have open debate from the obvious two sides, it's not just one side in science here, about the actual vaccine and about the plan for the rollout of the vaccine, I'm not interested. I'm not interested until I hear that. And don't don't give it to me on social media. I'm sorry. I don't have social media, but I know all of you out, the people that are doing it. It's akin to posting a black tile. I just am thinking that you support Black Lives Matter. I, I'm so sick of virtual sig- uh, virtue signaling fucking yeah. people that do yeah. nothing behind closed doors when no one's watching, yet they're posting shit online like they care. Um, yeah. Working for multi-conglomerates thing, you know, like... <laughs> just really... Whatever it is. Whatever yeah. it is. I mean, just pull your head in and... Yeah, it's it's got to the point where these lockdowns don't fucking work. I'll tell you right now, these lockdowns are ridiculous and we need to end the lockdowns and we're coming to that point of the pod where we just, I think we just, um, I'll, I'll tell you how I'm feeling going forward. Um, talking of lockdowns, right? Israel population, 9 million. New South Wales is 8 million for comparison. Israel, 78% of all people above 12 fully vaxxed. Seven-day case average, 7,534. Seven-day death average, 19. That's what 80% vaccinated looks like without population lockdown. It doesn't look like zero COVID. We're not going to zero COVID if you are testing tens of thousands of fucking idiots a day. Yeah, and that narrative's being presented more and more right now, I feel. Like it's not, oh, actually, no, no, we can't get rid of it. Now we're just going to have to live with it and inject you every year with something different. Yeah. Wear a mask if you'd like, 100%. If you'd like to wear a mask, happy with it. Logging into places that you've been, this is all hypothetical and we're not instructing or whatever else. We're saying this is my thought, this is my speculation on it. Logging in, the sooner we stop logging into places and telling people where we've been, the better. If you continue to do that, we're we're just rolling into this vaccine passport where they're going to know every single fucking thing about you. And just imagine, just imagine hypothetically, because there's been lots of talk about the information that the vaccine passport's going to turn into a health passport that captures extensive data. Just imagine you've got mm-hmm. a shit credit rating like in China, and they can just fucking track it. Just imagine you've got underlying health conditions like, say, mental health issues that you've been to doctors for. Just imagine you're obese or just imagine Mm -hmm. you've got some sort of health condition that is publicly available on a fucking app. We should not know who's getting vaccinated and who's doing what. It's all personal choice, personal health. Yeah, I agree. I to- to totally agree. Have you looked into um, the Swedish model uh, at all? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, certainly on my part, more research needed, but how they were originally, like, ostracized for their... They left everything seem- open, right? Yeah, seemingly lackadaisical approach. Mm-hmm. And turns out, um, yeah, they're winning and they haven't crushed their country's economy right now. The COVID rate is, I think, next to nothing. 
but don't talk about that. No, don't talk about successes. Yeah, alternate model successes that don't cripple the and, economy. And, I mean, we have the Victorian Health Minister coming out explaining that how the deaths are recorded, that you can have you can actually die of something else but test positive at the time of your death and they'll say... Give me a tally. I want strictly COVID deaths and comorbidity and I want those separated. Exactly. Like, do these people that are that are making these outlandish like COVID related think they know fucking shit about COVID. Uh, do these people even consume that information and, or do they selectively disregard yeah, it's selective, it? man. It's very selective. I'd say. Cause that's been from day one. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Like it's kind of like people with health issues die from the flu. Of course I do. You know, just saying. People like, gosh, we have some serious health issues in the world today, some serious things, and we're not addressing them. And we're, we're really changing our whole entire life based on this COVID situation, and it's completely fucked. And it's, I listened, I was mentioning to you, uh, I, I was listening to an interview with um, talking about the Canadian Indigenous people um, and how they've just been completely fucked over, similar to um, Aboriginal uh, mm-hmm. Indigenous Australians and everything in Australia. And um, this dad had written this book and he said, I've written this book because I want to make, um, you know, show my children that I made some change. And you do get to the point with this sort of thing where you could sit on the sidelines like how I've been feeling because I'm, I guess I'm in the minority with it. I haven't been able to talk about it. I don't feel like I can even communicate it with half of the people I know or without being completely crucified. Mm-hmm. And you get to the point where you're like, um, do I just start now? Do I either sit on the sidelines or do you actually stand up and freaking do something? So, so that's where I'm at. And that's that's a deeply personal thing for both of us and I'm glad we've ended up doing a podcast about it. You know what I mean? Because I was very, very similar. It's, um, it's a scary place out there right now as far as expressing your opinion and whatnot. <laughs> but um, I'd far rather be on this side of history. Me right too. Now. Me too, mate. And like they can't make – they're trying to split families apart over this shit. And this is like you and friends, man. Like good friends are trying to. I mean, this is a divisive division, if nothing else. Certainly, probably the greatest divide and divide and conquer. We all know that. So yeah, totally. And for them to do that, especially with people, you know, not being able to go see the elderly, and you know, some people not seeing their parents, and not, no birthdays, all this bullshit that we're missing out on, which is just complete, out, completely outrageous. Yeah. Um, you know, I've definitely made a decision that I'm not letting it get in the way of my relationships. Like, I'll love everyone, like, you know, no matter what yes. they choose, you know. I know what you're saying. Like, yes, they can get the vaccine. You know, some people that are concerned about the vaccine obviously concerned about shedding or even though they say that's not an issue. Um, lots of things with it. But, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to let this uh, impact my relationships with people like some are because that's just, yeah. I think that's fantastic. Like, if we let them do that, then they've really won. Like, 
I've got so many good friends that don't think like we're talking about now and we just we just talk about it and we we agree to disagree at the end and no no harm no foul man like we're all doing the best we can right now um it's just both sides need to be empathetic to the other side um we're trying to understand this we're trying to make educated decisions for ourselves and our families and it's not black and white right now. We've got concern, valid concerns due to historical fuckery by the very powers we are now trusting to save us from this. So until, I'm sure you're the same, until we've worked through a lot of these issues, we're going to be asking questions and I don't feel bad about doing that whatsoever. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Heavy, heavy shit. And strangely, a lot of this we wouldn't have even been able to discuss um, a while ago, which is which is just nuts. But see that in itself, red flag, red flag, red flag. I mean, look, yeah, exactly. So um, look into how fascism starts and, and things like that, and you'll you'll notice a lot of similarities. Yeah, and. You know, without going continuing on the bloody the left's sabotage of this whole thing, when did it when did it become, you know, cool to rip on people for having their opinion? Like when did it yeah. come? Like when did we encourage well, no debate? It's been like, the culture of it's cool to hate. That's been happening for years now. I feel like if you are validated, if you find a reason to be unhappy about something that's really rewarded in our culture and has been for the last 10 years I feel but um I wanted to touch on something just quickly about the left right thing and like perhaps a journey you and I have been on as far as where we thought where we think we've aligned ourselves and whatnot like we've we've come at information you know if you listen if listeners you would know some of the wild shit we talk about on this pod like We've come at all these issues from a information-based angle. Do you know what I mean? And like originally, uh, we were very much aligned with what you would call the traditional left. Um, we were in that world. We were AOC this, you know, fucking bad example, but hundred uh, we were very in that world. And then more and more... I mean, I don't know, you, you, t- you correct me if I'm wrong here. We found ourselves, by, on the basis of the information, agreeing with people on the right. And I just want to say to the listeners out there, like, this isn't an, like, left and right thing. This is an information thing. This is a truth thing. If you find yourself agreeing with people like Rand Paul or, or whoever it is, don't feel guilty or don't feel no. like... By sheer association, you're wrong. Listen, like listen to the info, interpret it with your brain, and where 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 you're perceived to end up is irrelevant. You know, don't worry about the left and right shit. It, it's rich versus poor, and that's it. So true, man, and you're you're exactly right. And that's a lot of that has to do with admitting you were wrong. 
I yeah. find like I was just like I was wrong with a lot of stuff and I was missing the boat. And you've seen a huge tidal wave of – and we'd probably be middle. I don't know what we are, but whatever. We'd be – we're just whatever. But um, one of the big ones that you noticed, which was when the whole intercept thing went down and yep. the dissection of that with um, Glenn For people Greenwald. who don't know, um, Glenn Greenwald, original founder with – what's the guy's name? Ryan um, Green- Oh, no, it's bloody Jeremy Scahill. Ah, yep, yep. Yeah, so... Just for people I don't know, The Intercept used to be, a, even for you and I, a beacon of truth and hope and whatnot, and that's been exposed as a complete... Uh, fuckery. Thinly veiled mouthpiece of the establishment, shall we say. Yeah, well, we sh- and we should have... And then you look at it, you go, we should have known. It was largely funded by the owner of eBay, who's a huge Democratic supporter. And basically, Glenn Greenwald wanted to publish an article about uh, Trump during the US election uh, and... Uh, and basically saying Biden's um, getting a free pass from the media and the laptop. Which it was. Yeah, the laptop is an issue. All of these things are going to be used as China, as um, potential blackmail and things. like Just a whole litany of things. And Glenn Greenwald, you can't cre- – I mean, you can question Glenn Greenwald, but his journalistic history is quite strong from both No sides. one's done more to expose – the ills of society than that guy in the last 10 years. We're talking, I mean, we're talking Snowden. Yeah. So if you're on the left and you're hating Glenn Greenwald, who allegedly has moved across to the right, check which he has yourself. Check yourself. Okay. Exactly. So, so there's lots of examples like that where people are sort of admitting, um, you know, there's no left, there's no right on either side. There's no correct answer on either side. There's free speech free choice and everything else is is muddied waters and i think people that are just pro-vax and we've said on this podcast already in the last hour or whatever else we've said that we support people getting it if they want it we're happy for people not to so don't Mm -hmm. come at us and saying we're anti-vax or we're anti we're pro-choice um yeah that's it's it's an interesting i just want to touch on that don't Getting tarred with the anti-vax is so very much like the anti-Semitic tag. Oh, totally. It means you're not allowed, you're devalidated about even talking about the, the thing. It's a it's an MO used for fucking generations. It is. You know? Swipe, yeah. swipe the whole brush, you know, like just, just spray it across everything. And, you know, yeah. you believe this, you've got this one thought on one thing and you just... Yeah, yeah, so, so it's, it's a tarring. It's being tarred. It's been yeah around forever. So. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's pretty much that. And um, I think maybe calling bullshit. Oh, it was calling bullshit. Calling bullshit. Calling bullshit. Who we got? We got John Howard. Yeah. We're going to quickly throw the clip because this pod it's, it's turned into a monster, and so it should. You yeah. got to listen to this clip. George right, Pell sympathiser, one of the brass monkey favourites. Let's yeah, throw yeah. to John Howard. Australia has now reportedly pulled all of its troops out of Afghanistan, ending this longest ever war. What did we achieve in Afghanistan exactly? Well, the most important thing is that in response to the attacks of the 11th of September 2001, which clearly were organised out of Afghanistan by al-Qaeda, 
uh, we, uh, along with the Americans and other countries, particularly, of course, the Americans who provided most of the forces, um, crippled the capacity of Al-Qaeda to repeat what had occurred on the 11th of September. Now, that is the first and most important thing that was done by the coalition led by the United States, of course, the country that had suffered most from that uh, uh, completely unjustified and uh, evil attack. And yet Al-Qaeda still very much has a foothold in Afghanistan and the Taliban is stronger than ever. I mean, was Australia's mission for nothing, given, you know, the aim of the mission was to defeat al-Qaeda and the Taliban? Now, our original mission was to deny al-Qaeda the capacity to repeat what it did on the 11th of September 2001. And there's no doubt that that was achieved. Now, over the years, of course, um, different attitudes were taken. And, and uh, the contribution that we made, which was originally at the sharp end of the operation, morphed into something a little different. But nonetheless, um, uh, it was very much about uh, securing um, the anti-Taliban forces in Afghanistan. And uh, the Australian forces fought uh, very professionally, very bravely. And uh, we particularly remember, of course, 41 of them lost their lives uh, fighting uh, in the Australian military forces and we should always bear that in mind. We did, as you mentioned, lose 41 and, you know, many countless others have been injured um, and not to mention the Afghan victims and also the revelations that came out of the Brereton report. Looking back at the last 20 years... You know, as far as the Brereton report is concerned, it is a report and... People who are implicated in that report, like everybody else, have a presumption of innocence. So I'm not going to operate in this discussion on any other basis. Okay. That is the uh, ex-Prime Minister, probably one of my least favourite. Actually, I've got to say, I mean, I can't. Tony Abbott's up there. But uh, my one of my least favourite Prime Ministers we've ever had doubling down on the war in Afghanistan and saying, so on that criterion, the mission, whatever may be said of it, has not been a failure. Johnny boy, you are the fuckwit of the week. We're calling bullshit on you. New category. New category. The deaths, I guess, uh, are one thing of the Afghan civilians, which hit, I think, over 50,000. Uh, The fighters over there are over 50,000 deaths, not to mention the long-term toll that this has taken on this country. Not to mention that, which he touched on, we went went there based on the fear of terror. I mean, I don't know how going into Afghanistan really tackled any of that. This war and agreeing and supporting a Liberal government at the time of going to that war was one of the biggest, most disgusting things in my lifetime that we've done as a country, and it's something that we should be extremely ashamed of. We invited ourselves into that war at the behest of the US once again, just sucking on that teat of the US. Mate, 
biggest cock ever, Ashaya. Biggest cock ever, and we're doing it again with this virus shit. We should be calling the US out for what they've done. Um, Isn't it interesting how they're that how just how it's been framed, like how they can honestly try and frame it like any other way than they completely fucked up for twenty years. Oh no, it's about the women and children. Thanks, Nancy. Fucking fuck off. It's not about the women and children. Bush and Obama, great mates, those two. Um, Obama, just as we've touched on many times in this pod, just continued in Bush's uh, warmongering with Biden at the helm, bombing yep. Syria to shit afterwards, leaving... Who's just had a birthday party attended by hundreds of individuals, none of them masked up, but you know... He lives in it. It's it's the rules are for us, not for them. Don't don't forget that they're not. And what we've done in a, in the Middle East, let's let's not just say Afghanistan. In the Middle East, is fucking disgusting. And yep. for those out and there, if it's, if it's women and children we're worried about, how is the US allied with Saudi Arabia? Do you know what I mean? And what does the US have to say about women and children? Commenting yeah. on other people's treatment of women and children. The what they promote with their society. what And the, same with us in Australia. The women in poverty in America, like there's stats on this. That, I mean, if you believe that for one second, you are a big part of the problem. I'm sorry. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, we touch, I touched on a few things mentioned to you, my thoughts on it, how we, you know, how our social media is objectifying women in lots of ways and things like that. Why do you think the, 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 the way that we treat them online... You know, where basically we sell likes and things like this for, I just don't know why we think uh, that's much better to how they're treating uh, women and children over there. It's entirely not. And with, I, I, I would assume we're far worse if we were to have a, a spiritual ethical ledger. Exactly. You know, the West is is fucked basically or america yeah and and you know you just and people just looking at this like oh hey it's about the women and children you're missing the bigger point you're missing the oil pipeline which was making millions of dollars and you're missing the military industrial complex you're missing it all which controls everything you're missing the fear the terror you're missing actually why we went there 9-11 which there is huge questions and we're coming up on the anniversary. Weapons of mass destruction, which was proven to be false. I mean, it's all out there. Weapons of mass destruction did not exist. Do you choose not to listen? That was Iraq, but it was related, yeah. Same sort of thing, mate. Like, exactly I still don't know how we ended up in Afghanistan. It was off the back of, anyway. Trying to find a Bin Laden. Bin Laden fled to Pakistan and chilled out. Family friend of the Bush, Bushes. Exactly. Meanwhile, buddy, um... Bin Laden's brother that's just sold his um, big Beverly Hills home, I noticed, which is just strange. But um, it is very. I, I would assume they would have been might have been kicked out of the country, but no, there you go. He was so it was laid. It laid. This is completely off the tangent, but it laid bare from after September 11. But like people just don't understand the, the, how big the Bin Laden family and how tight they were with the Bushes and everything. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. Um, so this is extremely concerning, this ramp up of, uh, the fear of terror once again. And I just think it's extremely nepotistic to believe that the Middle East and people in the Middle East want to hurt us, um, because of our ideals and our, um, 
way of life. I don't think people in the Middle East spend their time stewing over what the West is doing. What comes back, if you don't want to start terrorism, don't invade a country. Very simple. Totally. And let's be honest, they owe us. Yeah, dude, if I was from there, I would be fucking fuming. I'd be fuming. I'd be yeah. like, fuck, okay, well, he need to... So um, something diplomatically needs to happen, not militarily, you know what I mean? And you get to the point where diplomacy just doesn't work these days. It's the same with this whole COVID situation. We have this conversation all the time. No pollies do diplomacy now, feels. It's all like, show of force, let's be Captain America. Yeah, exactly. So... So we're, we're, we're worried about this, this whole situation and I'm just worried about how it's being framed. I'm concerned that we're going to see some sort of uh, violence slash I, attack to... Just to ramp it up another level sort of a thing. It seems like that's what's... Yeah. I feel there could be something with refugees and the virus and then... I don't know, blame it on Afghanistan again, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, everyone who voted and put John Howard back into power when everyone, you know, talking left and right and all this, you, you don't don't come at me saying you're feeling sad about the Afghan people right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, fucking hell, shut up. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying I don't forgive you, but if you are pro-war one time, like... You need to wind that back and you need to realise you are pro-war. I'm never going to be pro-war. I'm never going to support that sort of shit. So That's why um, the withdrawal is a good thing. 100%. I I don't agree with perhaps the methodology, but it comes back to they should never have been there in the first place. No, and it was never going to go well when you destroy a country's economy and fuck its whole setup. Yeah. Yeah, Leaving it in shit like it's like when someone leaves shit all over your house when they go you know and you're like well thanks for coming or you've had a big yeah. party and yeah, 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 yeah. you've woken up the next day and there's beer bottles and just you're shit like, everywhere yeah yeah a couple of stragglers just fucking lingering around till just you want out. yeah <laughs> so well, well, we're going to probably keep hitting on the um, Afghanistan. I reckon we're going to go a bit deeper on that because, you know what, I think COVID's just disappearing, mate. What do you reckon? Oh, by all accounts, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, it's been, been a cathartic chat though, hasn't it? It's been good. Heavy one. And we do want to keep firing these out. So those that are listening and that, you know, enjoy the podcast, share it. Share it with, uh, you know, people that, that enjoy it and uh, that you think yeah. would like to listen. Yeah. And as perhaps a parting note, I just want to reiterate that I feel we're representing uh, an underrepresented minority here in this whole discussion. And it's, and it's just informed people with valid questions, not extreme this way or another. We just have... We need... To feel better i want to want to get it that's a weird feeling but i you know what i mean totally. another weird thing to say i want to want to get it yeah but until then until I've, my fears have been alleviated or then um i'll just keep researching totally and just keep living our life and 
I reckon I'm going to start going on some things, standing up against these lockdowns. Actually, I think I'm. Yeah. I think I've made the decision. It's been long enough. They've taken pretty much my livelihood away from me. Um, none of the support from the government really has hit me. They've made it very uh, the loopholes for some businesses. You know, as a business owner, it's it's been completely fucked for some people. Some people have been able to roll the shit out of the system. Harvey Norman, we're looking at you. Yeah, and, and so for me, it's like I'm not I'm not going to sit on the sidelines anymore, especially just from a vocal standpoint and mm. actually going out and doing things. If there's things in the community, I'm going to be standing up and supporting those businesses that are clearly saying no, fuck off. Fuck off. You know, and this is a funny thing. We're standing up. We're being this. You know what we're standing up for? Just like information, free flow of information. It's like we're not standing up to be anti-vax. We're standing up to pro-information, pro-choice, I guess. Um, yes. Yes, I would say so. support whoever you can in your community who's doing it tough business-wise. If you know an artist or whatever, if you've got something of theirs you can buy, I'd say do that right now. We've got a lot of friends in the industry that are suffering. So, so true, like all of the musicians, the arts. Buy local, guys. Yeah, you need a T-shirt. Why not buy a band T-shirt? Buy a band T-shirt or buy something um that's local that's supporting and that just goes for going forward i mean i'm trying to do that way more over the past couple of years and it's it's just it's the way to be obviously and yeah and on that note music you obviously had the show just before the lockdown what's the plans going forward sweet talk i feel yeah the people might not even know sweet talk it's it's a new band i mean it's it's wicked. It's uh, Southern Boogie, Blues, bloody soul rock and roll. Um, obviously, been pretty hard to get things off the ground during COVID, but um, we are looking at releasing the EP online. We recorded it all live and um, filmed it all live. So we're just going to do a ticketed digital event to get the songs out there Um yeah, I'll probably keep people keep people up to date in the in the subsequent episodes. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, that's been keeping me sane, doing doing music and that. So, so good. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I feel like we need something very positive to fi- to finish on here. Definitely, mate. Definitely. So, um, something positive. I mean, I'm super positive. I was um having a good laugh at us going into space the other day. That was a pretty um Oh my god. The old billionaire space race. That was that was fucking hilarious. Just in amongst everything else, two fuckwit billionaires having a fucking dick measuring contest to space. Awesome. Pretending. Elaborate. Oh, they're not going into space. Newsflash. We didn't go into space. I mean we went up in the air. Yeah, yeah. We're not going into space. Mate, you're preaching to the converted here. I, I'm. I don't even think we went to the moon. So yeah, oh, I'm, I'm highly, uh... highly skeptical. Yeah, yeah. But well, happy times. This has been a heavy pod. 
It's a heavy pod, but it's, you know, hopefully it's helped a few people out there if, if it's validated the way you're thinking or that you are thinking, I think is more to the point. Yeah, and those, um, that, have missed, about that. Yeah, and those that have missed the pod, just listen to this on repeat until we drop another one. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. That's the best way. Or go into the back catalogue and listen to some of the shit we were talking about with our close listeners 12 months ago. Listen to our predictions. I mean, we don't want to toot our own trumpet here, but... Yeah, who was on Epstein before all this doco came out? Like, jeez, come on, people. That's just the tip of the iceberg. People, we encourage you, go back through the catalogue. Well, these are the people, aliens, everything. (laughs) All right. Aliens, yeah, yeah. Well, man, it's been awesome. I've loved it and can't wait to jump back on again and just smash out a few more. Yep, we'll do it again soon, mate. All the best. Chin up. Uh, look after yourself, and we'll uh, we'll brass monkey it up again soon, eh? Love it. You. Peace. Bye.